Hello and welcome to Daddy OFM, broadcasting live from West Hollywood, California. Joining us today from Sydney, Australia, is model agent Joseph Tenney. We'll be talking modeling, Instagram, and the premiere of Tenney's Top 5. I'm your host, Jonathan Bookalil, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, Joseph, and welcome to Daddy OFM. Hi, thanks. <laughs> Great to have you on board. I'm very excited that you're going to be our new model reporter. So how are you, Joseph? What's going on in Sydney? Oh, it's Sunday morning here. I'm really good. Can't complain. Sunday morning in King's Cross. I've been there a few times. <laughs> I'm sure you have. <laughs> but it's, it's quite different now up in the cross than it used to be, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's totally different now that there are lockout laws. So a lot of venues have closed down and stuff like that. Sydney's not the party town it once was. It's not, know, isn't it? Which, which may surprise people because Australia is really known for being a bit of a party town. And I've had some of my best nights out in Sydney, Australia. But there were some licensing laws and lockout laws that's really kind of taken um, a bit of the fun out of Sydney, isn't it? Definitely. I think so, for sure. I'm glad I'm kind of elderly these days because I don't <laughs> think it would be very inspiring as a, say, 21-year-old. Yeah, it's all a bit. It's all become a little bit predictable and a bit sponsored, but I'm sure the 21-year-olds are still having more fun than we are. I'm sure <laughs> they are too, yes. Where there's a will, there's a way. Exactly. But, yeah. but has, has King's Cross, is there something, anything nice that's come out of King's Cross? Um, like I think well, every I city King's needs Cross it. So... I will continue to love King's Cross, but yeah, it's um, it's just different, you yeah. know. Like, it's not heaving with people anymore. Right. I think Newtown is more where people go out these days because right. I think lockout laws have changed there. Mm. And so Joseph and I have known each other for a, a long time, as uh, most of my guests on Daddy OFM. And uh, we work together in, in Sydney, Australia, and he's with the Chadwick's Model Agency, one of the, uh, one of the original model agencies in Australia, mm -hmm. I believe. Yeah, it's been around since 1976, so it's the <laughs> 40th year this Is year. Oh, well, that's yeah. good timing then. That's, yeah, that's, that's 200 years in model years. <laughs> Exactly. And so fashion, Australian Fashion Week has just been on in Australia. How was that? Yes. It was a sterling success, actually. It That's was really, good. really good. There were some um, really good collections that were shown and there were some new models. And oh, great. So it was a really one. kind of positive vibe coming out of Sydney. Yeah, I so think I know so. That it changes timing a little bit this year. Yeah, the past few years it's been in April, but this year it was um, mid-May. Right, back to its usual time of year, I exactly. think. Exactly. Back in the olden days, it always started <laughs> like the first week of May. Yeah. And then it changed to April and then changed back again. And you feel that works better for Australia? Um, yeah, I think so. Mm. Yeah, I think they were really pushing the whole, like, resort season right. this year. Right. Or that's what they were attempting to do anyway. Which because I guess what kind of makes for, sense. What's unusual, yeah, because Australia is seen as that because it's a little bit transseasonal because of our climate. Mm. But, um, yeah, there were a few uh, international designers showing as well. Were they really? That's interesting. Well, Cynthia Rowley. Really? And, and Oscar de la Renta. They showed at Sydney Fashion Week. That's amazing. Yeah, like a resort collection. Well, that's cool. Okay, so can you tell us a couple of the standouts uh, from, the, uh, from Fashion Week Down Under? I think, yeah, the standouts, I think um, Matichevsky, mm -hmm. definitely. He opened, like his show opened in the new venue, um, Barangaroo. Yep. And can you tell us a bit about um, his look and feel? It was quite individual. Jolyon Mason was a stylist. It was really good. It was, um, there was some handcuffs and some, uh, what's the word, clamps in, oh no, like a, a, a ball gag nipple in the clamps, mouth. A ball gag in the mouth. <laughs> a nipple clamp. I, I don't know about that. but <laughs> They were under the clothing. Big, yeah. <laughs> you could only see that with your x-ray specs. <laughs> and the slight grimace on the models' faces. And who else are one of the standouts? I thought Discount Universe was really strong. Okay, cool. Yeah, they're um, two girls from Melbourne who have done some really strong statement kind of things like 
really unusual hair and makeup, right. but also like um, studded leather and logo scribbled all over leather. A bit punky, a little oh, bit cool. uh, futuristic, a little yep. bit, but also with a nod to yesteryear. <laughs> a little bit Tank Girl. Oh, okay, cool. I love yeah. Tank Girl, actually. Well, that's a, they sound um, actually kind of a very Australian. Yeah, and they played like Nick Cave music. Brilliant. Yeah, so go Aussie Green and Gold. <laughs> and any other standouts? I really enjoyed Tome Collection, you know, um, Ryan Lobo and Ramon Martin's label, which is based out of New York, but they're Australian. But, right. yeah. Excellent. They, and so what, the reason why you ha we have you on here is for your, for your vast knowledge of, of models. Uh, mm -hmm. Were there any uh, young Australian girls that, that people should keep an eye out for? Yeah, we had a, Chadwick had a, a breakout star, a beautiful girl called Mary, who's like 16. What's Mary's last name? Akesh, A-K-E-C-H. Yep. She's South Sudanese. Wow. And she has only been with the agency like less than two weeks before Fashion Week started. <laughs> and she ended up booking more shows than anyone. And anyone else you'd like to mention? Kia Lowe is also one of our big stars. Yep. I mean, she is, she's a veteran. I mean, she's been around <laughs> for a few seasons now. She had very good um, seasons overseas. I mean, she's walked for like Dior and Chanel right. and Calvin Klein and Rodate and right. McCormick. I was going to ask you what yeah. you think was the change that um, made Australians, you know, suddenly take notice of this girl being around for a, for a while, but obviously success overseas kind of helps. Oh, that, that's a very Australian trait, don't you think? Yeah. If, someone, if someone's had any shred of success internationally, that guarantees them success in Sydney. Exactly. But that's okay. Yeah. You know, it's, it's sort of like um, often it takes leaving the country and, and having another eye put on you before, before you, people can see what's been under their nose the whole time. Yeah, I agree. It's just, it's just kind of how it is here. Yeah. And so, listen, Joseph, let's talk a bit about you, young man. Okay. <laughs> I'm not used to the spotlight being on me. I know, <laughs> except when you were uh, DJ Bloodfart, which I went through a couple <laughs> of uh, shows that you put on. Uh, Joseph was one of the premier DJs in Sydney. Back in the 2000s. That's right. <laughs> I remember going to several. When I actually spent some time in Australia, I went to several parties with, uh, with, with Joseph's DJing. You were very good, actually. Oh, and I don't even use headphones. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I use headphones just walking around the house. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, so tell us a bit about your your career and and um, actually let's go back and like I want to hear about as I as I like to hear about with all the creatives that come on. What was it like for you growing up? Were you a person that fit in with the with the people you were around? Or tell us about your upbringing. <laughs> I grew up in suburban Melbourne. Yeah. I've got two older sisters. Mm. I went to all boys school. Yeah. And I didn't actually question that at the time because that's just kind of what everyone did. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I went to an all boys Catholic school as well. <laughs> so, but now looking back, I'm like, I probably would have been better at a co-ed school. Yeah, but, me too. <laughs> but that's okay. Um, I, I don't want to paint a picture that my life was difficult because it wasn't. Right. I always loved fashion, mm. always, always, and I always loved pop music too. <laughs> yeah, no, I was saying uh, before while we were having our pre-interview, like, like, of course I picture you in, in, in your bedroom, a young Joseph flicking through magazines and loving fashion from afar. Was that the case? Uh, definitely, and I've still got all those magazines. I always read, like, The Face and ID and stuff like that. And you know me, I remember everyone's name. Exactly. So, so that's I where remember. all the uh, brilliant um, 90s, 2000 pictures that you see, that I see up in your Instagram feed you come from, was your, your cache of old magazines. Yeah, definitely. Oh, you can barely walk in my bedroom for <laughs> magazines. It's like there are piles that are like taller than I am. And I'm six foot two. And you are tall. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, so this is all, actually, while we talk about that, like I love that you're putting on um, the, all these old and new pictures of models from 
for on your Instagram feed. What is your Instagram feed in case anyone wants to check them out? It's Joseph Tenney, J-O-S-E-P-H-T-E-N-N-I. Just my name. Yeah, and what do you feel is the idea behind um, behind doing this? Is it just something you just like, you see a picture you like and put it out? Is it yeah, designed definitely. to inspire? Or... When, Especially when I first started my Instagram account was probably, what, 2012? Mm. I didn't really understand what Instagram was at the time. Right. I wasn't sure if it was something that I was going to keep on my phone for a couple of weeks and then delete right. when I realised it wasn't really doing anything. So I never really did it for anything other than me. Yeah. Whereas I do feel that there's a certain breed of person that creates content for clickbait. You know, they right. want to get popular, they, right. they want followers. But that wasn't why I was doing it. I was just doing it just for my own entertainment and if people liked what I posted. I mean, there's no, yeah, it, sometimes it's probably not very professional. You're not getting um, drum like. scans done of each page and uh, or you just got the phone <laughs> out and snapping away. Yeah, whether it's anything, like a, whether it's a street sign or an, an old picture of Kirsten Owen in ID magazine. Oh, I love that photo and I, and I hadn't thought of her for years and I, I shot her for Sapa many years ago and she was one of my favourite, favourite models. I love her. Yeah. yeah, she's great. She did an and amazing look to her. anyone like her since. No, exactly. That, yeah. that kind of um, androgynous uh, elfin look was incredible, I thought. Yeah, love her. You just grew up um, reading fashion magazines, being really interested in fashion. Now, how did you get yeah. out of Melbourne? Did you start uh, at a model agency? Not that you had to get out of Melbourne, but did you no, start... No, it's really interesting because yeah. um, I a lot of my friends... and and even my sisters as well. Like the thing to do for a lot of Australians, I guess, is to go to London just because you can get a visa yeah. and work there easily. And, yeah. and that was something that I intended to do, but I was a bit poor. Right. <laughs> so I, and I wasn't very, in fact, to this day, I'm not very disciplined with my money. Right. So um, I didn't get it together to get to London, but I kind of knew that there was more to life than Melbourne. So I went to Sydney because it was the closest, cheapest, easiest option. <laughs> That's a, and not a, a bad big, option. To, uh, you know. no, not, not quite London, one. but, you know. Yeah, but a, a lot closer and a lot easier. And so a lot cheaper. That's, <laughs> I, and there were more opportunities to work in fashion and stuff like that. Absolutely. And did you grow up just wanting to work in fashion? And all the yeah. Time? Yeah. And you Definitely. knew that was the path for you? wanted to be a stylist, but then right. I think I was a little bit stubborn and people were like, oh, well, the only way you do that is by you have to assist someone. Right. And I'm like, I assist don't want to assist. somebody? <laughs> yeah. But, Carry um, clothes for someone? Take shoes? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, I moved to Sydney and I met Horatio Silva mm -hmm. and... It, Eventually, I got a job working for him for a, a fashion photo library that doesn't exist anymore called right. um, Media Baby, which, you know, <laughs> this is the olden days, kids. This is before <laughs> and stuff like that. Like, so I had to have quite a good knowledge of, like, models and fashion and stuff like right. that. So, and, like, we would prepare, like, there were, like, slides in drawers yeah. of, like, backstage pictures of collections and right. stuff like that. And I would have to know who the models were right. or what the collection was. And this was is one of like the reasons I wanted to get you on because you have this encyclopedic knowledge of models all over the world. You know exactly who everyone is, what they're doing, where they come from, and and uh, what they have for lunch, um, from what I can remember. <laughs> <laughs> How did you get to know who these who these girls were? I was just looking at magazines. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was pre-internet. Yeah. So yeah. I was just like really... Um, that mystical world pre-internet. Yes, that um, I think a lot of the youngsters don't understand anymore. Mm. I've always been good with a name and a face. Yeah, <laughs> which I'm terrible at. But so, I, I mean, yeah, so, so with some people that's a talent and you've used that talent very well. Thanks. <laughs> you came to Sydney and you were doing that. How, what was your first uh, agent job? I worked for work agency. And how did you, did you just, was it just a matter of, of, the, of just a job coming up or did you, what um, made you well, want to a, be the agent? This is the kind of job where it's all about connections, you know? Like, in fact, that's the exactly. most vital thing. It's not about intelligence, or it can be, <laughs> but it's not necessarily. No. Um, it's about connections and seeing what you can do for people and what people can do for you, you yeah. know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's where I first started. I 
lasted less than a year there. <laughs> and um, and then I went back to Melbourne temporarily. And then a job came up at Chadwick. And I think they were looking for someone, asking a bunch of people, and my name kept coming up. So I kind of got recommended, had a really unusual job interview where it was kind of like I already had the job. Right. <laughs> was kind of, was did you know like, that was the case when you went in there or, no, or did you yeah. just think they're just trying to hand you keys to the office as you're trying to sort of like plead your case? Well, it was really weird. It was just sort of it was like a casual, relaxed chat. Right. And it was kind of like... So what you'll be doing is blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh. okay, <laughs> yeah, and that was in 1999, right? And I'm still there. That's fantastic. And and these days, yeah. in, in in an era where where to to change jobs is to make to make more money, and that there's little loyalty, I think, in fashion these days. Very as, little loyalty. Know. But yeah. I but I but I love Peter Chadwick, and Martin is an amazing owner and and uh, and manager, and so I'm not surprised that you've been there for so long. Uh, what's your position yeah. at Chadwick's now? My title is international talent manager, <laughs> and you are very international. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> when I first started to notice you beyond your DJing and beyond, uh, you know, our work relationship, I loved the thing that you did for Hint magazine, which was Model Mania, and this was oh, yeah. it was just on the cusp, I think, of the internet, and it was like a brand new thing. Can you tell us about yeah. your you, how that started and what and, and what it became and sure well um Horatio Silva who I mentioned before who was my boss at Media Baby he had moved to New York and he had befriended uh, Lee Carter who had started hintmag.com right and he uh, Horatio was w- well aware of my um, fascination and obsession with models and <laughs> so he asked me to write a column and that was 1998 so that was like like, it was really hard to describe to people what an online magazine <laughs> right. was. Like, yeah. they just didn't get it at all. Yeah. Like, so what do you mean? Like, you can't buy it in a store. <laughs> I'm like, no, no. It's just, like, online content. Yeah. People were so, like... And I'm sure there wasn't even an idea of what a blog was, really, and it was no, just that a... word yeah. didn't even exist. Right. But it's amazing how, how it wasn't that long ago when none of this existed and how quickly you adopt to everything and how quickly... You know, new technologies come along and, and and how you just quickly adopt to it. Yeah, I can tell you funny stories about that. Like even when I first started in this business, I remember you'd get a phone, like because sometimes, you know, like with the model business, it's like import-export. So some girls want to come to Sydney on stay and then we also send girls overseas. And like there'd be a... The, the modern way of doing it is like just emailing a package and you can get an instant yes or no. Um, but in those days, it was like you'd get a phone call saying, oh, I've got a girl, she's interested in coming to Sydney. And then maybe about two or less than two weeks later, you would get an envelope with colour photocopies of a girl's book and with a few, like, olden-day Polaroids in there as well. And then and then you would decide whether you'd like her or not. And Sometimes it would be a no. Right. So then you would just, like, send the <laughs> the photocopies back again with a bit of cardboard so she doesn't, like, ruin her copy Expensive book. copies, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then um, that whole process, even if it was a yes or a no, would probably take just under a month. Yeah, well, now it's just two emails. <laughs> yeah, It can happen exactly. the same day. Yeah, exactly. I want to talk to you about... Um, on, on Instagram and how that's changed the model industry. And I know that I remember I spoke to you a little while ago and we were talking about this and, and um, it's become so important to the industry that, uh, that, that, that clients will call up and uh, ask, say, I want to book a girl with a big following. And you'll yeah, say, regardless of how blonde she or looks, brunette, but... and they're like, we don't care. <laughs> yeah, so that didn't exist before. Like... No. So tell, yeah. talk to us about how that's um, impacted the industry and, um, and you know, good things and bad things. I mean, I love Instagram well, I and from, I'm building my own good, following. And From some perspectives, I mean, it gives, it gives the power to the model how they want to portray themselves, right. you know, because there was a time when the only way that they would 
um, their image would be out there was, would be the construct of the model agent, yeah. you know. Whereas these and days, other photographers um, and and stylists and 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 all that, uh, but with Instagram, you get to really know the goal, I think, and yeah, which is generally a positive thing. Yeah, but it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. There are some that give a whole lot away, don't they? You know, you know what they have for breakfast, right. literally. <laughs> exactly. You know, you know their gym routine. Yeah. You know, there's still such a hunger for all this this content and and this voracious appetite to it. But how do you think it's impo- impacted? Uh, which girls become models now? Some beginners, I think, yeah, it's more difficult if they don't have a following, right. you know. Because the other thing is, I mean, Instagram, you sort, you need to have a certain kind of confidence to be yeah. continually taking photos of yourself, yeah. yeah, you know, and putting that out there. I mean, there are some girls who are beautiful models, but they're not necessarily like, self-publicists. Right, you know? exactly. And that um, wasn't and a that, job that requirement come... before. You know, I've, I've met some really quirky, beautiful, amazing girls that are really quiet, but then once you put them in front of your camera with, with hair and makeup and, and, and styling, they just turn in. It's like such an amazing transformational uh, process and, and they become the models with all, with, when they work with other people. And it's like, I wonder what, you know, but well, maybe in these days that, that if someone's going to be a model, they're certainly not going to be missed. That's true. I mean, that's the other thing, like, in terms of, like, the the internet and stuff like that. Like, a girl, a beautiful girl who's, you know, say, 5'10", 5'11", photogenic. Yeah. Um, there would have been a time where it's possible that she wouldn't have known of her own model potential. Yeah. Whereas I feel that we live in an age now that, Every beautiful girl and boy yeah. out there knows it. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> they're, they're aware of it. Which their I'm own. so glad we didn't have the internet with the growing up because it took me many years to realize how beautiful I was. Oh, I always knew it with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, so give us one of your anyway. I want to. Well, I didn't really finish off um, speaking about model mania with you. Uh, what was your? Yeah, so that was that was a really good tool for me. It yeah. was a very good uh, networking exercise. You know, like I didn't even really know where where it would take me or mm. anything, but um, it was a good way for me to get my name out there. Yeah, you know. And what, and what was your approach to uh, to model mania? Oh, basically, all I wanted to do was report on who was happening in the in the business, who was who was new, and you know, just a few sentences about each girl. Sometimes I didn't really know a whole lot of info about a girl, right. so I just sort of padded out with a lot of stupid alliteration, like you know, German jet setter and stuff like that. <laughs> like, I didn't really know, um, which is what I loved, and it is so you. I look forward to the. Czech charmer and German jet setter, <laughs> stuff like that. I would use all the time. Legs for days. Yes, <laughs> all the same expressions. Yeah, it was brilliant, and it was like it's it was like, great to have. And you're right, it was the early days, and so it was. There weren't all those resources that was out, and this no, was a great one to get to know new models. I thought. Yeah, I don't even think there was Google. If there was, I didn't even know about it. <laughs> there was Google. <laughs> there was. I think so. I remember back in the day there was like Alta Vista. Oh, that's that, true. That, and, uh, that was and, my um, search engine of choice. Uh, was it? <laughs> I think I was introduced to Google very early because I, um, I was always uh, a, Mac, a Mac guy. So it was, uh, you know, I didn't have the, um, the search engines like Yahoo or, or whatever they were anyway. Yeah, Alta um, Vista, I thought. Was, Alta Vista, yeah. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Does that even exist anymore? I have no idea. I mean, I think Google has just become the, you know, the the one well, there is. Google became a verb, didn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. There are a lot of models listening to the show and and this has become become a good, I want this to become a bit of a resource for, for models as well when you come on. And so what advice do you ha- would you give to a girl starting out in the industry? Do your research in terms of... Of like, I think successful models are models who like the business and have an understanding of the business already, already have an interest in fashion. Yeah, have an interest in fashion is my number one tip for success. Because I think, because as a photographer, you, you're on pressure to get the job done. And, and so if you throw out a reference 
to the model, you know, you, if they know what you're talking about when you talk about 60s fashion or 70s fashion or the vibe from it or 80s, 90s, whenever it is, when they, when they know a bit of a fashion history and they, they, you're able to communicate with them quickly, I think it's, that's a really essential thing to have as a model. I agree. And I think that there are girls who are really, really successful models and they may not be the most beautiful girls. Right. I mean, you know what? Everyone at a certain level is really beautiful. Right. But the girls who ended up doing really, really well maybe because of because they're good models you know they right. they've got a good connection with clients a good connection with photographers they know what they're doing they know how to bring out the best in themselves yeah. you know and that's generally because of their knowledge of this business right and yeah because when you tell to 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 tell uh, someone how to stand or give them direction and and if they know what you're referencing already then that that's such a big help as a photographer yeah, I'm sure. And what advice would you give to girls when they're going on castings? Little to no makeup. Yeah. <laughs> and wear something that is fashionable but also shows off their figure without being like, you know, <laughs> a G-string bikini. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, just something that they know is flattering and at the risk of sounding like some kind of Tyra Banks cliche, uh, be yourself. Yeah. But that's yeah. it. But that's it, and even more so now. I think is is that personality is so important, and and it's not just generic cutout models that are uh, that are coming through. It, it is the individual that seems to be even more on the rise now. I think, and definitely. So, and so, to being yourself and being authentic uh, as a model, and and you are part of the creative process. You're not just a girl. You well, you should be part of the creative process. You know, you should be able to contribute, shoot, and not just turn up there and be pretty. You know, that's kind yeah. of not enough anymore. I agree. I mean, because I think this business has become so competitive as well. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And how do you think that um, competition has? affected the model industry because I, I, I know there's not the work they, they used to be are there less models now or, or are they i know i think it, there's less money but more models right you know? yeah because that's what i was thinking as well we're, we're in a world where everyone not you know, everyone's aware of the industry you know we're not going to miss you know the, no model is going to be missed and and there is the potential to be a model is there for so many other girls, but I think you're right. There's more models and less work. And how how are the girls kind of coping with this? And like, how do you deal with girls that 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 you know? How do they cope with it? Are they getting other jobs, or is it only the yeah, are you being I mean, more cutthroat with who you choose? Yeah, you do. I mean, because ultimately, us taking on a model is like investing in that girl's future. You yeah. know. She's investing in us, we're investing in her. So mm. we do need to be very selective about whom we choose to represent. Are you looking for more of a sure thing now or some or a more of a a variety to fill your um to fill your Definitely stable? Definitely a variety. Yeah. Definitely. I mean yeah, like models uh, I mean clients are looking for different things all the time. So mm. whether it's like uh, And do they feel more do, are models more disposable now? Like you know, the, you know, I grew up, grew up in the supermodel era where there was, you know, those five, six girls did everything for years on end. Um, are are yeah, the models' careers happen. shorter or longer? Um, I think shorter careers, mm. yeah. I mean, I think some girls only have, like, a few seasons where they're doing really, really well and then they don't stick around. There's not that longevity of, say, a Cindy Crawford right. or... You know, like that's so rare that girls get to a, that kind of um, fame yeah. and recognition. Yeah, but the, and I think they they do. You know, more so these days, there is are other options to for after work with presenting and and doing their own thing. But that's what I love about. Instagram and the internet is that it allows you to build your own pirate ship and and have your own business outside of of what the fashion industry is and so 
you know, when when doors close, other doors open, I guess. Definitely. And I do feel that modelling is a great springboard to other things because, it, I mean, it is a media kind of industry. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's Science what... models have become authors. Right, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Cindy Crawford's got her book, Becoming, yeah. and what let's talk about Swan by Naomi Campbell. <laughs> her, oh, I mean, that's at the right. Moment, I remember that. Did you read that? Swan? Yeah. I loved it. Yes. <laughs> Did you devour it? Of course. Yeah. I'm reading um, Claudia Mason's book at the moment, oh, okay, which cool. is basically about her, how she got started in the business in the late 80s. Right. And, um, but it's also about, like, tips for beginners now oh, as okay, well. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, that's quite good. Oh, She's um, quite charismatic and funny in it. I remember fun. working with her in New York a long time ago, which was great. Now. Yeah. I haven't heard that name for a long time, but it's interesting. I've never putting met on... her, but yeah, um, reading this book, it feels like I know her. She's quite <laughs> telling some funny story about like being mistaken for a hooker on the streets of Paris. Oh, nice! Yeah, never happened <laughs> <Yeah>. to me. <laughs> <laughs> and do you have any other, other advice you'd like to give to to models starting out, or maybe that are in the industry now? I mean, do you do you think they should be working on their Instagram feed and? And, and uh, keeping yeah, that. You know what? It's a necessary tool these days. Yeah. I mean. I don't, I mean, that's not to say that every single top model has a huge following. Mm. There are certain girls that don't even have any social media right. and I, that, that mystery and mystique right. kind of adds to it. But it's probably quite a clever tool to get your, your own personality out there. Yeah, I think Because that's that. something that didn't exist, you know, 10 years ago and yeah. before that. So... If and do you actually have, does Chadwick's now have the, um, an Instagram model division? Uh, we've got an influencers board. Influence yeah. board, right. Yeah, but that, they're models already. Do right. you know what I mean? It's right. not like okay. we someone on simply because they had a huge following. Right, because there's a couple of agencies here, and I know some model agencies in LA actually have taken on bloggers and, and uh, other influencers on their boards to, to, to work as models. Yeah, we don't have that specifically, but we do certainly have girls and boys with a huge reach, right. definitely. Right. Yeah, it's quite... really interesting. I mean, we definitely live in interesting times and it'll be even more interesting to see where the industry is in even five years' time as it kind of shakes itself out at the moment because I feel that the industry is in such flux with um, all the new technologies. So it'll be interesting to see where things end up, whether it, it, it really shrinks as an industry or it expands, because I think that's a question at the moment. Yeah, I agree, especially um, the future of print media and print magazines. Mm. And, the, and even, you know, the automation of photo shoots. Companies that have started uh, using uh, virtual models that are just kind of where you can drag and drop clothes onto a virtual model. And how do you think that sort of thing's going to impact the industry? Well, that is impacting the industry. Yeah. It means that um, it gets, it takes away jobs from both, from photographers, hair and makeup, models, studios. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's, you know, it's like crazy. It's, um, yeah. But it is like, look, listen, I mean, but what can you do? But at the same time, at the risk of sounding like, uh, I think I'm uh, quoting Muriel's Wedding. Yeah. <laughs> you can't stop progress. I know exactly, which is from Muriel's Wedding. And you can't stop progress. And it's like, it, it's just, you know, you just have to try and use it, which is why Daddy OFM started. And, and, you know, things have changed in the industry. But I love the fashion industry and the creative industry. And so, you know, you just have to in, embrace it and bring other things in and... Definitely, because that's also what I do like about it, that yeah. this does, it does change, you yeah, know? exactly. That's what makes it exciting and different and not boring. Exactly. I'd say it again. One of the reasons we've got you on is for your encyclopedia, encyclopedic knowledge of models. And so I hope to have you back on after each show season to get your highlights from, from the shows. But for our um, inaugural uh, episode of Tenny's Top 5, um, I'd mm -hmm. like to hear about your your favourite uh, models of all time, and so oh, okay. and if you give, give us a little bit of a countdown, please, on the, from five to one, and just a little okay. bit of a discussion of your five favourite models. Okay, well, um, coming in at number five, Andrea, transgender supermodel, and tell us about her. Well, um, she started in Melbourne, my hometown. Um, she's with Chadwick. Yeah. 
She's been very loyal. She's <laughs> um, amazing. Like, she's the kind of girl that if you walk down the street with her, everyone stares, right. you know. Like, and I mean everyone, like four-year-old kids and, like, businessmen and other women, just everyone, you know. Um, and what sort of what was the original reaction to her when it, when she first started? Well, it was, was she put forth as a transgender model or a uh, a model? No, like an androgynous boy. Right. Yeah, right. And um, she got a lucky start. Like her very first job was Oyster magazine, mm. um, without even doing a test shoot at the time. Right. Like. Jolene Mason was the stylist and Liz Ham was the photographer. So it was a great team immediately. Yeah. She was still a schoolgirl at the time. So it was good that the career was a bit of a slow burn. You know, right. she still had studying to do and stuff like that. Right. She went to London and had to do face to face appointments. Not one agency at the time was like, yeah, 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 immediately. Right. Like it was only once she went into Storm in London that. Right. They said they said yes immediately, yeah. but but like, it had to be a face to face. Exactly. Like yeah, and then things started happening. Yeah. What would you say would be the highlight of her career so far? Then uh, profile in American Vogue. Yeah. With that Patrick Demarchelier. Yeah. Uh, shot also the Makeup Forever yeah, campaign. That's right. And also um, the Jean-Paul Gaultier campaign with um, Inez and Venude and mm. uh, Mark by Mark, shot by Jürgen Teller. Like, amazing. She's done lots of amazing, amazing things. Amazing things, yeah. Okay, yeah. great. And so coming in at number four? Jessica Hart. She's a great model. She won the Dolly model search right. in the year 2000 when she was 14. Yeah. When she, when she was a beaming brunette. <laughs> and now she's a... Brazen blonde. <laughs> um, um, she has always been a really, really good model. Yeah. You know, like knows what she's doing, yeah. makes everybody's job easy. Um, and she's also a chameleon. The other thing I like about her is that she's very loyal. Yeah, you know? of course. She's a great girl. Really, really good girl. Excellent. And she's an Aries like me. Oh, of course. Well, that makes all the difference, doesn't it? Doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and coming in at number three... I love Michelle Hicks. Yeah, I love her. I think she... Um, I shot her many years ago for for the Saba campaign and she was it was just extraordinary, yeah. Um, and you can tell by looking at her that she's someone who loves fashion. Right. Like she's blue, you know? And that's what I always loved about her in the 90s, you know? And um, I love that she's still around. I mean, yeah. this long journey. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. You know, she's a beautiful, like, beautiful girl. I think those girl. intriguing girls like that will always be around because people will be enamoured by them, you know? Mm. And do you, who do you have coming in at number two? Kate Moss. Of course. I mean, which may a come as a surprise to a lot of people that she didn't hit the number one spot, but um, <laughs> not a surprise that she's top two. No, she's amazing. I mean, she's been around forever and I think... Think. Do you remember? What, what the, do you remember your first when you first became aware of Kate? Do you remember the first photo you saw? No. Do you know what? It's kind of funny because I was looking at issues of like ID magazine right. that she was in that I owned, but I didn't realise at the time. Oh, that's Kate. Right. Moss. Right. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. So I don't remember the specific first time I saw her, but she's obvious. I mean, she. I, I'm talking about her like I know her. I've never <laughs> met. Um, <laughs> but we all know Kate. I feel like if you're in the fashion industry, I think we all know Kate and we all feel like a little bit of a part of that she's been a part of all our lives for so long that it, I it, it's, I, I do feel like I know her. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying. But I think one of the reasons why she's so successful is because she loved fashion. Yeah. And fashion loved her. You know, that she was in with the right people, but she had a good understanding of fashion and exactly. she was willing to give something new a go yeah. because... At the time, her look was so unusual, yeah. you know, and she was just sort of like, go with the flow, and all the right um, people bought into that. Do yeah, you know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, she is such iconoclastic style across the years, and and, and you know, just she defined style for many years. You know, definitely, and she still does. Absolutely. You know? I, so, I I can't. I, I don't even know how many covers of British Vogue she has, but I think she has one every three or four months. It seems to be, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Which and also for 20 goes to years. show that 
she's a good seller. Exactly. It's been more than 20 years. I yeah. know, it has been. I just thought of that. I, I remember um, another one of Jonathan's Daddio's tales. I was good friends with Sarah Dukas when, she, when I was living in London and she was just starting store models. And, mm -hmm. um, and Kate was in the office and I think she was 15 or 16, just starting out and... And, and Sarah's like, Jonathan, would you mind walking Kate to the, the tube station? So there's Kate and I. We go walking off down the King's Road, Sloan Square station. And we're sitting on the, on the underground. And she's like, oh, all the, you know, typical model story. All the other girls hate me. And, you know, none of them like me. They're all calling me a skinny cow and all this sort of thing. And, and of course, that I take full credit for saving Kate's career. She's like, I want to <laughs> give up. I want to give up. I'm like, no, no, keep going. You're really good. And so it was, it was a funny moment that I, I remember to this day. Yeah, that's so funny. But that, that's the thing. Like, she was an individual and she wasn't yeah. like all the others, which is why she's so successful. Yeah. But at the time, yeah. And what do you tell girls that, that, that do have that kind of when they they... they get a certain amount of success and they're still in the school and they're struggling with, with that success and, and um, how, how their friends that they once felt were loyal are turning on them or they're getting difficulties. What, what do you say to girls that go through that? I think they, they realise who their friends are, you know. Like some girls can be quite jealous of other girls yeah. or, you know, some girls feel that they don't really belong where they started, right. you know. Which has its positive and negative yeah. Um, points, you know. Yeah, exactly. But and yeah, it's just, you know, it's just like I there will always be the haters. Will be, you know, if you're a creative, any time there will be people telling you constantly you can't do things and why would you do it? Because they're they're not in that world. They don't have the same kind of uh, mind that people in the creative industries do. That then they're mostly risk takers and to, yeah, you know to go off around the gun. Girls would need that support. Mm. It depends on who they are when they enter this business, mm. of who they are when they're in the business, you know? Exactly. But yeah. we do digress. We're getting away from Tenny's top five, and we're here now. And I, didn't, I know there's a lot of tension building to find out who your number <laughs> one spot is. And so can we have a drum roll, please? Da -da 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 -da. The number one spot at the Tenny's top five. Uh, Mila Jovovich. Uh, uh, and for uh, I'm sure everyone knows, but tell us about Mila and why you why you think she deserves the number one spot. Uh, for one, she's an extraordinary beauty. But yeah. two, yeah. I mean, she's I mean, she's <laughs> been around for so long. She's a veteran. She's definitely got a distinctive style about her. Mm. I mean, she had her own label for a while, so it's clear that she loves fashion. She loves modelling, but um, she's a great actress. And these days she's a mother, you know, like she's, she's, she's a modern woman. No, she's and, incredible. And, and I, do you remember some of your favourite stories of hers, fashion stories? Um, I, well, currently I loved, I just saw the um, Italian Vogue, that family story right. with her, her daughter, right. shop, um, Mario Sorrenti. But, Beautiful. yeah, I loved uh, her W cover yeah. many years ago. Um her Paris Vogue cover in probably 2003 with um, Mario Testino. And we'll try um, to find these and, and pop them on the Daddy OFM Instagram page and, and, and they will be there, actually. I'll go and tell you. So pick up your phone and have a look and uh, you will see these photos on the Daddy OFM Instagram page and don't forget to follow us. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I just think that she is an intriguing beauty who has proven longevity. You know, she started when she was super-duper young. Yeah. But I think one of the reasons why she is so successful or was so successful is because she knows her craft. You know, right. she knows... She and I think she has like such an unusual look, but, but at the same time it's very, very classic as well. Definitely. She's yeah. got a classic Slavic beauty. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I remember that I almost remember the day when the doors opened from, from Eastern Europe and then suddenly there was this influx of the most beautiful women when the when the wall came down and and uh, that I thought well, that was an interesting moment in, in the modeling world. 
I agree, but I think a lot of those girls didn't really have the longevity because they didn't have the personalities. Right. You're right. You're right. Right. You know, there's a lot of those girls, like, from that part of the world that didn't really stick around in that same way, you know. But, I mean, yeah, they're all beautiful. Yeah, exactly. But that's the thing. For girls to have that long career, they have to want it themselves. But they also have to prove that they're the kind of girl that people want on set, the kind of girl that um, makes those... uh, that makes it worth it for the clients to spend that kind of money. Exactly. And you forget about that sometimes, is, is that the incredible amount of money is spending on this and the goal. And I think the girls forget sometimes that they're being paid a ton of money when they come on these sets. But, the, but the, when you work with the top of the industry, it's such a joy as a photographer because you almost can't miss... You know, when they're with these top girls, are so good, and they and they're so instinctual when you when you give them direction. It's it's a, you know the the top girls are a joy to photograph and worth every penny in my my opinion. Yeah, well, that's yeah, they're at the top for a reason. It's important for models to be prepared and to know their craft because in, in the old days they used to just turn up and you'd have an idea and you'd have room to play with it. You'd have have room to experiment, but but today um, with budgets the way they are and and time and everything, I think there's it, a girl needs to, to be ready to go the minute on, they're on set. And the more they're the prepared, the better, I think. Definitely. Definitely, and I think that comes from, yeah, their desire to want to do well and from their knowledge, you know? Yeah, and I think if they love fashion, like you say, then that's a big start and, and you know, you can always have a, a career in in modelling if you're just beautiful, for want of a better phrase. But if you if you love fashion, if you love the industry, if you're an outgoing personality, if if, if you're open to experimentation, if you if you embrace new looks, if you embrace you know embrace what it is to be in fashion, I think that, that that's will really help a, a girl maintain their longevity. Yeah, I agree. I just remembered a story that I wanted to share. I do, we love uh, stories here. Irina Lazariano. I remember when she came to Sydney, uh, she wasn't the supermodel that she became. She yeah. was like a girl with a test book. And it's, n- it's no surprise when she started doing really, really well and ended up, you know, on the cover of Italian Vogue and booking Chanel campaign with Karl Lagerfeld and stuff like that. Right. She got to that because she's super charismatic, super smart, super yeah. charming. But she was one of the very few girls, I mean, perhaps the only girl, who'd ever come to me and said, hey, I've already been looking at some Australian magazines. Right. I'd love to meet this stylist and this photographer. Right. Not in a bossy kind of do this for me kind of way. She right. had a certain air about her that was very charming. And she was just like, I, I've, I've already seen these people's work and I would love to collaborate with them. Right. It was really like nice and just yeah. like... Because well, so I think a lot of people sit back and let their agents do all the work and, and you know, and it's their job to just kind of hang around and be beautiful. But but you're right, when a, when a girl knows who the stylists are, knows what, what yeah. how they look the best, know, know what looks great on them, you know, it makes exactly. the day she so easy. She knew her craft already. Like yeah. she already had a clue. Like... And now she's what, in her mid-30s and she is still around. And, you right. know, she, she's been uh, collaborating on a bunch of things, whether it's music or, like, she had her own fashion line in um, Canada. Right. And she's, um, she's done a bunch of things on the fringes of fashion. Mm. And that comes across because she's, she loves fashion. These days you just need to know more and and as you can't just turn up at anything anymore you need to, you need to know history you need to know what you're doing you need you need to have a love for what you're doing and when you have a love for what you're doing you will go far and fashion's an easy thing to have a love for Definitely. i think you have yeah you the successful ones are the passionate ones yeah well, that's great, Joseph, and I loved having you on today. And that was—I look forward to having you back on and, and doing Tenny's top five from the from from each show season to keep us up to date with all the the latest goals and the best goals from each season. But uh, so, thanks so much, and uh, give my love to everyone in Australia. Is there anything else you'd like to leave us with before we go? 
Um, happy birthday. Ah, <laughs> thank you so much. It is my birthday today. Well, I'll take a two-day birthday with everyone coming. Oh, from... no, make it last a week. Exactly. Well, Joseph, thanks again. I look forward to having you back on. That was a great chat, and I'll speak to you soon. Okay, thanks. Bye. All right, bye-bye. Well, thanks for listening, and thanks, Joseph, for joining us on the show. And there's a couple of takeaways from today's episode, I think. The first one I want to talk about is loyalty, and in today's market, that seems like it's a rare commodity. And although you'll get an instant bump from working with someone new, there's a huge compound benefit of working with people you have a long professional relationship with that I can't emphasize enough. So although there's always a time to work with a hot new thing, look back at your most creative moments, and I'm sure it's with a crew that you know and trust. And secondly, I want to quote an upcoming guest and host of the Work On Your Game podcast, Dre Baldwin. Check it out, and it's just that. Work on your game. If you're a model, know your photographers, know the stylists, read magazines, know your craft, turn up to castings, work on your game. And this applies to everyone in the industry, even if you've been in the business for 20 years like me, especially if you've been in the industry for 20 years. Work on your game, get better at what you do, keep learning, keep pushing, because a hot new thing is right behind you wanting your spot. Well, we're going to be putting out more content and more podcasts as we near our first year, new shows and new collaborations. I hope you've been enjoying Daddy OFM. My mission here has become clearer with each episode. But please, if you haven't already, rate and review the show on iTunes. You can do it right on your phone because it really, really helps grow the show. So thanks again for joining us. I can't wait for you to listen to all the new shows we have coming up. Taking us out is Parallax with the model. Daddy-o out.